News Radio, AM 600 KROD, proudly presents The Don Haskins Show. The Don Haskins Show, two hours of talk with the bear, live from the three-legged monkey. Join KROD for dinner, drinks, and conversation with the bear. For the next two hours, get into the mind of Don Haskins. And now, live from the three-legged monkey, here are your hosts, Steve Kaplowitz and Don Haskins. And welcome, everybody, as uh, we come your way live from the three-legged monkey here, 1550 Hawkins at the corner of Hawkins and Montana. A very special edition of uh, the three-legged monkey. Steve Kaplowitz uh, joined right now by former UTEP minor and uh, NBA all-star Tim Hardaway. And, uh, Timmy, first off, I want to thank you so much for uh, stepping in and uh, being a part of our last show. Hey, no problem. Happy to be here. Happy to be back here in El Paso, enjoying the fans, enjoying, you know, everybody here. Your uh, response has been absolutely awesome. I think uh, fans came out early today. You arrived early, and uh, so far, uh, so many well-wishers, and a lot of uh, just goes to show you that uh, fans never forget, Tim. I can't stop smiling. You know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I'm, I'm always home when I come here to El Paso. Um, great people here, um, always been, always will be. And, um, you know, I come back and see the city growing the way it is. Um, you know, it's just beautiful. You recognize it still when you come back? No, not really. The only thing I really recognize is the airport. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> you know, And that's grown. Not, not, right, it, that's grown, but it, it hasn't changed. But everything else has, has changed a lot. Well, let's go to the phones right now because, as I mentioned earlier, folks, unfortunately uh, the bear unable to be a part of the show here at the Three-Legged Monkey. He's been a little under the weather, but he is home. He is resting comfortably and is uh, on the phone lines with us right now. Coach, uh, good to have you on the show. How are you? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Steve. I just feel terrible that I can't be down there, but uh, I, uh, I got sick uh, Easter, and... Uh, um, it was just terrible, but they, you know, in the weeks they got me, I, I think if I got out there, I don't know if I could have got inside, but, uh, uh, I can't tell Tim how happy I am that he could, uh, come in and I'd give anything if I could have gone out there to see him, um. As you well know, Tim is one of the great guards that ever come out of, well, uh, UTEP nationally, but the NBA. And uh, uh, fantastic player, fantastic on and off the floor, never, ever gave me a problem. And I've had, I've had a lot of those. I've been very fortunate. But uh, uh, the guy should be over in my place is Russ Bradbird, the guy that really recruited them. And, uh, uh, Tim, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Now, we just worried about yeah. you. We just, uh, you know, hopefully, well, you know, you get yourself back together. I uh, understand you want to be down here, but, I'm, you know, your health I'm, is more important than anything else right now. Well, thank you, Tim. And I'm very sorry that, uh, uh, that I, I could, something that, you know, I could, I just couldn't help. I understand. We, everybody understands. home. I barely got in the house with help. And uh, what happened is I, 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 I just got sick for a couple of days throwing up. And I don't mean a little bit. I mean a lot to her. It just sapped my strength. And 
and I, I was nauseated. So bad, I, I've never been like that. But uh, uh, I'm happy I'm, to pick up the slack for you. Happy to uh, do it. I, I said I'm happy to pick up the slack for you. You know. Well, Thank you a lot. Isn't Greg going to be out there, too? He is. Greg Foster is uh, coming back from Las Cruces. He should be here closer to 7 o'clock, but is going to be here as well for uh, one hour on the show. Yeah. They're going to wear your arm out, Tim. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I, I, I lift weights yesterday before I came. Huh? <laughs> I lift weights before I came yesterday, so my arm is ready. Yeah. Can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Hey, no problem. I'm here for you. I'm here for the people here. I'm, you know, I'm here for my home, back away from home. So I'm enjoying it. And I'm happy to be out here. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be sitting in my second seat at, and coaching. Well, that, that's quite a place out there. Yes, it is. I see. It's nice out here. If you haven't had anything to eat, food's great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know. Huh? I said, I know you know. Well, you know, Tim, last year or two I haven't. Uh, I, I go out there and, and eat, but uh, I, I just really don't have an appetite. No, not and today. That's today. Uh, well, I'm going to bed. Uh, I've got to get this radio on here. I didn't know it was 6 o'clock. <laughs> Time flies when you're having a good, when you're having fun. Coach. Right, that's, exactly. Huh? Time is just flying by. Well, I tell you what, you're going to have to listen because we're going to have a lot of stories. We're going to tell a lot of UTEP stories on the show today and, and take Tim back to his recruiting days, his days uh, when he first arrived at, in the campus, and, and uh, tell a lot of great stories. Uh, I'm sure a lot of stories about you, Coach. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, um, I think I've talked to Tim about this before, but, you know, he had some unbelievable games. Uh, LSU and the NCAA tournament, uh, they had a guy by the name of Jackson who was heralded as the best guard Him ate him alive that night. And the thing I really remember is how he would try to do whatever he could do to help his team. And uh, we go over to, uh, Tim would straighten me out if I got this wrong. But Chris Blocker dropped the course, made him ineligible when we went in to play uh, Utah. Right. And Antonio broke his leg during that game, and uh, we still managed to win. Exactly. Then we went over to BYU to the tournament from there, and I think we had seven guys. And uh, we were holding the ball for the last 30 seconds time after time after time. You you made a shot with two or three seconds to go, and uh, uh, we won the tournament. Isn't that right? That's right. Well, it was orchestrated by you. It was, well, it was a, a game that still uh, goes down in my memory as one of the greatest games as a coach. And it, it was because of the outs. You know, uh, Seven people's not meant to play. And uh, uh, I don't really remember. Was Greg on that team? Yep, Greg Foster was on that team. Greg was. Yep. And uh, I remember uh, um, I can't think of. 
Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, the high-jumping guy. Mark McCall? Mark, yeah, Mark McCall, yes. I'm Mark McCall. Yep. But uh, you guys, you know, a lot of times, you know, a coach can draw something up and have an idea and he won't get it, won't get it done by somebody quite shooting. But uh, what I loved about you, uh, team first, you second. Right. That's what it was about, and, uh, you know, and carrying out the coaches' um, that game way plan. In the NBA. And I've never, all the time I was here, seen a guy improve as much from his freshman, his sophomore year. You'd come back in Chicago, unbelievable how, how much better you'd get. Then your sophomore to junior year, then your junior year to uh, uh, your senior year, and then even as a pro. Washington, and uh, uh, every every year, especially the first three or four, I don't think you go any further because uh, you were you you know you were that good. And I remember Don Nelson loved you. Yeah, uh, I, I remember reading the paper where he said you're the best point guard he ever had. But uh, him, you you brought yourself a long way with hard work. And uh, you don't forget your friends. I know that. Nope. Don't forget my friends and people that instilled a lot in me. So that's why I'm here today. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what. Why don't you uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the radio, and uh, we'll, take, uh, we'll take you back down a trip down memory lane with Tim Hardaway and Greg Foster a little bit later on the show. All right. Thank hey. you again, Tim. All right. Thank you, Coach. There you go. Adios. There he is. It's the Bear, Don Haskins, on the phone lines with us as we get started. 16 after the hour, we'll take our first break, and then we'll come back more with Tim Hardaway here with us as he is hosting the final Don Haskins show from the Three-Legged Monkey. Come on down and join us as we continue on News Radio KROD. Ready? Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. As we continue from the Three-Legged Monkey, it's uh, more of the Don Haskins Show. Back right now with uh, Tim Hardaway. A lot of people here at the Monkey. Matter of fact, if uh, all of you uh, in attendance, if any of you have a question uh, for Tim, we can uh, let you uh, write it down on, on a piece of paper. We'll, we'll ask those questions uh, throughout the show. Greg Foster will be joining us uh, a little bit later. I've already had one question thrown your way, and that is, who is your favorite professor? <laughs> when you were at, when you were at UTEP, I wonder how that question could possibly have been thrown out here tonight. Uh, I don't know. It was it was a lot of them that I liked um, that helped me out. Oh, There's wow. one in particular to my right. I don't and, know. I don't and, know. I, 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 how was I, Professor Shannon? Shannon. Oh man. You, oh, wow. He was very very hard. Did you pass his class? Yeah. Yeah, I passed his class with A's and B's, but you know, he as a man, you know, he always he always wanted to talk about basketball, and I was like, why don't you go ahead and teach the class, and then you can take me out for dinner later, and we talk about <laughs> basketball. No, no, no. He, he was a he was a great guy, you know. He is a great guy, and um, um, it's like each semester I had his class, and because uh, he was on criminal justice, and um, yeah. he taught me a lot, and you know, he was one of my favorite teachers, and and he was always at the games giving me some lip. Hardaway, why don't you pass the ball? Stop shooting the ball. Hardaway, stop double dribbling. Hardaway this, Hardaway that, you know. And then you know I couldn't get on him because I'm in his class, and 
you know, so I just took it. So sounds like another coach. Like right. if you didn't have to deal enough with right, Coach Haskins, right. then you had that. Right, and didn't know he didn't know nothing about the game of basketball. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. All right, great question. Excellent. Um, you know, let me take you back for a second to when you arrived uh, from Chicago, and I know Coach Haskins was talking about Russ Bradbird. Russ, when he came and recruited you for the first time to UTEP, did you really did you have any idea at all what what, what UTEP basketball was even about? No, I didn't know nothing about UTEP. Um, um, after Russ Bradbury came, talked to me, uh, I started looking it up. I started talking to some people. Um, uh, you know, I started uh, uh, researching Nate Archibald and when he went in 1966 when they won a championship and Don Haskins because, you know, you have to have the right fit for yourself and uh, the right coach and your right style of basketball. And, um, you know, came down here for a visit. Uh, liked the city, liked the people here. They're very friendly. Um, you know, and uh, – you know, the first year was tough. You know, it was tough. But, you know, when Russ Bradford came down, I really knew when Russ, when, when Russ Bradford was real serious. He played basketball with us one day, one Saturday morning. And uh, um, somebody cut him in the head right here. And, and it, we was like, Russ, you bleed. He kept talking. We was like, Russ, he kept talking to me. And I was like, Russ, you bleed, man. Go downstairs, wipe your face off. He <laughs> kept talking to me. I was like, you know what? He really, truly, truly wanted me to come to this school because any other body would have went downstairs and wiped the blood off their face and tried to take care of himself. He was trying to explain to us why he, why he got hit in the face. He was like, just go ahead and t- wipe your face off. We'll still be up here with us playing basketball, you know, and, and don't worry about it. He's like, okay, you still be up here? So you're not going to leave? No, we're not going to leave you here. So, you know, I knew that's when he really wanted me. That's when he really wanted me to come to Texas El Paso. And it was the right fit for me. At first, you know, it was tough for me. It was tough for it's tough for anybody out of um, um, high school going into somewhere that, you know, they really don't know nobody and, and, and far away from home. So it, it was kind of tough for me my first year. But, uh, and, you know, not playing as much as I wanted to play. But, uh, you know, my, um, my high school coach always told me, whatever you get into, stick it out. You know, stick it out. You know, you don't know if, if, if it's the right choice or if it's the wrong choice until you stick it out. And, and everybody has, uh, uh, you know, got to go through obstacles and, to get what they want, and so I, you know, I just, I just sat, sat down, and, and you know, concentrated on school and concentrated on basketball, and 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 and, and, and you know, started meeting a lot of more people, and, and just went from there. Well, you recruited in uh, what 84, 85? 84, 85. Now, when you came here for the first time, it was kind of during the height of UTEP's glory. I mean, this was a team that was ranked nationally, yeah. and they had some incredible talent at mm-hmm. that time. Fred Reynolds. Um, Kent Lockhart, Juden Smith, many of those players. Dave Fidel. Dave Fidel, that's right. You had a chance to play with uh, those guys. Lester Goodwin you might have yeah. seen his senior year also yeah. when you first arrived in El Paso. Yeah, I saw Lester Goodwin um, play. I didn't play with him, but, you know, it was uh, Jeep Jackson was going to assume the starting spot, and then um, Dave Fidel was going to be the uh, senior sen- center, right. and then Juden Smith, Quentin Gates, Wayne Campbell, and, um, you know, those guys. And then, uh, you know, I was going to come off the bench and, you know, spell Jeep here and there. And, um, you know, we was ranked my first year. We went all the way up to, I think, like 10th or 9th or somewhere in there. And um, uh, we had a good game against Georgetown that year here at the uh, Don Haskins Center. Now Don Has- Haskins Center it used to be the uh, special event center. Sure. And, uh, you know, we had a great season in. And we went to the NCAA where we won the WAC the- then, you know, the, the New Mexico game, the famous um, paper, paper toss, cup. paper yep. cup. That's right. You know, it, it, was, it was a lot going on down here while I was here. <laughs> I was going to say, it was, it was busy times for you. It that's was busy for sure. times. It was busy times. So, and I enjoyed all of them. 
uh, I want to throw different players at you, but you know, you just mentioned Jeep Jackson. I think Jeep Jackson is one of those players that will always go down as one of the most popular uh, UTEP players in really the history of the program. Yes. He was he was liked by everybody, loved by the fans. And I'm curious, since you probably went up against him in practice more than anybody else, what it was like for, with your relationship with Jeep going to uh, UTEP during those years? Um, you know, my, my, when, I, when I first got here, I was cocky, just like any other freshman. You cocky, you think that you're going to come in and start right away or, or take somebody's position. And, um, um, you know, he looked at me and he, he, he even told me, like, you know, you really don't know, uh, you know, your situation down here, you know, just, so just be quiet and, and, and just go about being a freshman. So I said, okay, cool. So, you know, and, you know he, he's straightforward, and I like that. He was very candid, he's straightforward, and, and he just tell you like it, like it is. And um, um, at first day of practice, you know, I, I saw how tough it really was in practice. And, um, um, he, you know, instead of him, um, you know, not teaching me anything, just letting me, you know, be on my own, he taught me a lot. He sat me down, I asked him questions. He, uh, he taught me just a lot about, you know, just becoming a, um, a basketball player in, the, in college. Because it was tough, you know. You got you got to work hard. You, everything is hard. Nothing is lack of days go. Nothing you can't you can't you know jog do anything. It's full speed like you on um like you in the game. And um, he taught me how to play defense. You know um uh play one on one defense because I thought he had exceptional feet and exceptionally great hands on a defensive end. And he could you know he 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 had a lot a lot of energy. For a guy that, that that picks up full court and to bring the ball down and, and to talk to the guys and make sure that the guys are in the right place, so he had a lot for a lot of energy. So you know, I I I learned a lot from Jeep and, and everybody that um, played with him and knew him learned a lot from him. You know, not on the court but off the court. A lot of people say that you know, had Jeep not passed away so suddenly and tragically that he would have played in the NBA yes. and probably would have become a nice NBA basketball player. What yes. were your thoughts on no that? No question. No question about that. He would have become an NBA ball player, and he would have been um, a nice NBA basketball player, yes. As a minor, who were some of the players that you were the closest to? Who did you hang out with, and uh, which players uh. did you really get a chance to spend time with <laughs> off and on the court? Well, I spent a lot of time with Wayne Campbell, you know, uh, Antonio Davis, uh, Prince Stewart, uh, um, who else? Uh, uh, Chris Sandel, um, Quentin Gates, you know, it, it was just it was just a family affair. You know, I spent time with a whole lot of people, you know, and um, we talked and, 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 you know, what we was going to do in games and, you know, how was we going to play next year and, and all that type of stuff. So, we, you know, it, it, I hung out with a whole lot of players. Because people wonder, you know, how close, how tight-knit of a, of a group were you guys during those times when you won so many games, won so many WAC championships, went to the tournament all the time. Were you a pretty, a pretty close group off and on the court? That's when you come, become closer because, you know, everybody else is out there is gunning for you. So as you went in and, 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 and playing these games and, you know, these, these guys are trying to defeat you, you come close as a team, as a family, and go out there and want to do anything you can do for your team. You know, if, I, if I, a man blow past me and, and get to the rim and I got somebody else there to pick up my man and take a charge or block his shot, you know, that's, that's, that's the love of the game. That's somebody helping you out that, couldn't, that, that, that probably didn't want to help you out, but, you know, he stepped up for you and for the team and, and, did, and, and helped out the team and, and made it happen. If you're just joining us on KRD, Tim Hardaway is here with us on the Don Haskins Show from the Three-Legged Monkey. Unfortunately, Coach Haskins unable to make it tonight. He's a little under the weather. He's home resting and join us at the start of the show. Tim, I'm getting a lot of questions for you, and here's a good one. Uh, during your early years at UTEP, 
uh, freshman, sophomore years. How did you feel when Coach Haskins took you out for making a turnover or taking a bad shot? And uh, what did he tell you when you were on the bench? Well, you know, I, I know why he took me out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he... he, he um you know, he just told me, you know, we can't have those shots. You're the leader out there. You know, you got you to gotta control the tempo of the game. Um, you, you know, you got, if you can make something happen, make something happen. Or, you know, if he saw that I wasn't shooting the ball the way I'm capable of shooting the ball, step up and shoot the ball with confidence and um, so you can make the shot. But, um, you know, he's always encouraging. He was never um, uh, negative. Um, um, you know, a lot of people think that, that coaches are, uh, when, they, when they yell at you and, and is, is positive yelling. You know, it's, it's not negative yelling. It's positive yelling. And you got to understand the message. And I understood the message every time, you know, he – because when you're in the game, you can't you – can't, you can't fall a coach from yelling at you. They're in the game. They, they're in a situation where, you know, yelling is part of the game. So when, when, it, when he's yelling at me, I'm not listening to how he's yelling or what he, how, he, how he's screaming at me. I'm listening to the message that he's telling me. And, and that's, all I, that's all I was listening to. Uh, you know, it's, it, it may seem like it was negative, but to me it was negative. It was just criticism that was positive for me. Did you know immediately when you were going to be taken out of the game? Did you say to yourself, oh, that's, I'm, I'm sitting on the bench? Well, when it's your first year, yeah. When it's your first year, I, I knew that when I was going to be taken out the game, and, and um, um, I knew that I, when I made a mistake and, and, and you know, when, they, when he was kind of upset with me. But um, that's just a learning experience. You know, it, it's a learning experience. I learned each year. Uh, especially the first year. After the first year, I kind of knew exactly, you know, what he wanted out of me. All right. Another question for you, Tim. Uh, they write, I remember one of the best plays at the Don Haskins Center. UTEP BYU. BYU rebounded the ball and ran down the court. And uh, about uh, two or three BYU players against you. The result, you took the ball away from them. Great play. Now, uh, this comes from uh, Lupe, and you know what? I think that's the funny thing is that they, they'll remember the big games, the UTEP-BYU games. Now, I'm sure there was enough plays in your career where it's hard to pinpoint one, but just goes to show you one fan remembering you taking it away where two, where two or three guys were going up against you. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it was just a um, thing that we used to work on in practice that, um, you know, a three-on-one or a two-on-one, three on two on and, you know, it's just you just have to fake and, and try to outguess the uh, offense. And um, that's what I used to do. And, you know, if, if you got it close to the basket and if it was a three-on-one, you know, you, you're going to lay it up on a point guard. You know, on a center, maybe you might have problems. But on a, with a point guard, nine times out of ten, you're going to lay it up. But yeah. um, that, that, that tenth time, I, I probably I, I got a deflection and took the ball away from him because I faked the offensive guy out and made him make a bad, bad play. My favorite UTEP BYU moment was when uh, the big fight took place. Ken Lockhart went crazy, threw punches at everybody in the building. I'm happy you didn't get decked. <laughs> no, remember, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't that. I wasn't there. That was before. That was, was before me. That okay. Was before so you came in the. But I saw it. You came in the 85, 86 season. That was right. your freshman year. Right. That was my freshman year okay. after after um 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 Lester Goodwin had left. Luckily, you missed that. Yes, that's, I that's, missed that. Yeah, I saw it on TV though. Okay. It was a big fight. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> How about this one? Who taught you the uh, killer crossover? I taught myself the killer crossover. Me and Prince Stewart used to be in practice all the time. And um, um, doing one game, we was watching the game, and I saw Pearl Washington cross this guy over in, um, in a Big East tournament against Georgetown. And um, it seemed like he, le he went left and just rolled the ball all the way over to the right hand, and uh, um, the guy was just off the screen. And for him to do that, it got me up out of my seat. I was yelling, and I was like, wow, did you see that move? They showed it about eight times, and the next day in practice. I couldn't do it that way, so I started putting it between my legs and going in front of me. 
and it was easier for me that way, and that's when develop start, uh, the crossover developed and, and started being the crossover dribble. So here's the follow-up question. How's the uh, killer crossover doing nowadays? Oh, it's real slow. It's real slow. <laughs> it's real slow. But, you know, it's still effective because I'm playing against older people. <laughs> Tim Hardaway joining us here on the Don Haskins Show as we continue. All right. Um, other interesting questions. This one comes from Paydirt Ritchie. Paydirt Ritchie. Did you and Antonio have a lot of fun at Dudley Field at Diablo Games? Oh, yeah. We had too much fun. I can't explain to you all, you know, and all that type of stuff. We Inside had a lot of fun. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of fun there. You know, we had a lot of fun. All right. Well, That's, that's all I like to say. That, that's good, too. Um, here's another fan. He was at the UTEP-LSU game in the NCAA tournament. How did it feel to school Chris Jackson that night when uh, no one gave the Miners a chance? Well, it, it was great, you know. But, you know, I used to play against Isaiah Thomas and Doc Rivers and, and um, those type of guys when I was in college, um, when they was in the NBA. So, um, um, you know, Chris Jackson was just, uh, uh, for you know, my practice for uh, – no, I'm just joking. But no, I used to, I used to play against Isaiah and them. But you know, it, it was great just being on TV. And when guys, uh, um, you know, that was supposed to have been better than me, I always wanted that per se better than me in college because they got all, you know, they was on TV a lot, and, and Dick Vitale saw them a lot. But you know, I, I just wanted to show them that they was missing something in El Paso, and I wanted to show them that you know, I, I wanted the guards to be reckoned with, and that they should be talking about. I'm curious about your off seasons in Chicago because I was told that as a Chicago streetball legend as you were, that during your offseason, you played against the Jordan, you played against all these NBA players while you were still at UTEP, and that really helped elevate your game during the offseason. Right, right. I used to play, like I said, I used to play against Isaiah Thomas, uh, Michael Jordan, um, Terry Cummins, um, Doc Rivers, Craig Hodges. Um, it was a lot of pros. Ricky Green, Maurice Cheeks. Yeah. I used to play against all those guys, and plus all the street guys that was um, – you know, street basketball players that was around Chicago that didn't make it, but, you know, that was good enough to make it if they would have got seen in college or, or went to college or whatever. So it, it, was, it was, I mean, every day you played against uh, a top-notch uh, guard. If, if he wasn't NBA, he should have been an NBA, or he could school NBA basketball players. So um, it was um, every day I, I had fun. I, I learned a lot, and, um, um, you know, and I brought it back to school and, and – and, and, and made it help me out. How about the practices at UTEP? All the old UTEP minor players will always say that they were miserable, whether it was from the 60s all the way through the 70s into the 80s and 90s, even the last couple of years of the Bear. They always said that Coach Haskins' practices were much harder than the games because of the way he worked you. Well, that same way with Pat Riley. You know, his, his practices are much, much. We rather play, excuse me, we rather play in the games than play in practice because we knew in practice in games it was much easier playing against competition than playing against ourselves in practice because he took us through a hard practice and that and, but, but you know what that that that's good that you take your team through a hard practice two hour practice so they can learn they can uh, um, also uh, be ready and be prepared to go out there and play against anybody and that's what we was we was always prepared to play against anybody he always had a, a great game uh, strategy for anybody so and the only thing you had to do was just go out there and carry it out. That's what we did. We went out there and carried it out and made things happen. And that's why we was always able to win games that a lot of people didn't think that we was able to, we should have won. Speaking of Pat Riley, did he ever discuss the 66 team with you and Coach Haskins <laughs> when you played in Miami? Well, you know, every time he, I brought it up, or I brought it up one time and I saw in his eyes 
that he, he, he looked at me and was like, look, this is the last time, the first and the last time I'm going to answer this question. So he let me a- ask him the question, and that was it, and we don't even talk about it no more. Just like that. Okay. Just like so that. A I, 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 I can, hey, that's very sensitive, which it should be. By the way, you <laughs> appeared in uh, the bonus features on the Glory Road DVD. Yeah, I saw that. It's gotta be, that's got to be it's nice on, it's, It comes on now. Does it really? Yeah, it comes on now, HBO. I've been checking it out. That's yeah. excellent. Then yeah. I saw it was also on TNT. Yeah, TNT, yes. What were your thoughts? I never got your reaction to, uh, about great. the movie itself. It's great. You know, uh, it, probably, it probably it tells the story, but it probably don't tell the whole story. But um, um, to get it out there and to make people understand what, what happened and how it happened was great. An interesting question. Did you ever learn any Spanish while you were in El Paso? <laughs> I tried. I tried. Tequila. That That's was it. it. Huh? That Tequila. was it. That's it. That's all I did. know. <laughs> or C. <laughs> That's good. Um, some, some other questions about the NBA. Any regrets on not winning a championship ring? No. This comes from Henry Gutierrez. No, no. I, I think I, I, I played in the best situation anybody could ever play. I played against great ball players that anybody can ever play. Uh, I wouldn't change that for the world. You know, getting the ring and, 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 and substituting that for, for playing, playing against these guys and, and, and bringing joy to people, you know, after work to come in and, and just hoop and holler and, and interact with them out there on the court. And, and No, I wouldn't change that for a ring at all because I, I enjoyed myself tremendously. I enjoyed the crowd tremendously. Um, I enjoyed the fans tremendously, and I would not change that for nothing. So here's a tougher question. Now, this is kind of a, along the same lines, an NBA question. What was your favorite year or your favorite team in the NBA? Man. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, 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 don't have, I don't have a favorite. I have a bunch of favorites. You know, playing with the Warriors, with Ron TMC um, that year, uh, um, you know, was, was fabulous. You know, playing against Magic and beating him in a form. You know, you know that's just priceless. You know, and then you then playing with the Heat, Game Seven on NBC. You know, against the Knicks after a fight, people getting thrown out. You know, I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, it, it, both of those teams was, it was exciting to me. Some great memories. Then. Oh, so, great so memories. Some with Golden State, some with Miami. Yes. Any uh, just out of curiosity, I saw a fan here with a Dallas Mavericks number ten jersey. Any uh, any good Mavericks memories for you? I know it was brief. It was, it was real brief. It was real brief. I wanted to stay there, and I want. I wanted to try to help them, you know, because they got the ingredients. They had the ingredients with um, with um, uh, Steve Nash and um, 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 Dirk Nowinski and uh, Michael Finley, and uh, I thought, you know, we was going to do a lot of things and, and go far in the playoffs. And um, you know, they made a trade, even though they they made a trade and they did go far in the playoffs, but they, they it still wasn't that, oomph, you know, what they needed, and. Um, 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 and that's what they lacking right now. They 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 have a leader now, but they just lacking that you know somebody. That, I mean, like mm, you know yeah. that 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 guy that that's real mean, that's nasty, that's gonna go out there and, and, and besides dirt, give you twenty points and or twenty twenty to thirty points a game. You know that's what they missing. Well, the scary thing is with Nowitzki's injury right yeah. now. Oh yeah. I mean they're in danger of not making the playoffs. Yep. It's was, that tight in the West. Yep. We man, I was talking to Sue Campbell today, and we was talking about that exactly the same thing. We was talking. He was like, the Warriors need to win every game. I said, you know what? 
The Warriors is in great shape. The team that needs to worry is the Dallas Mavericks. Without Dirk, and these, you know, two weeks, two weeks the season is over with. Yeah. These next, they, they, and they already lost four in a row. So these next games, and they go, I think they go out east for another um, little mini or something like that, uh, some games out east. But um, they, 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 they in trouble. They are in serious trouble. Did unless you like that? Josh, Unless, unless Josh step up. That's yeah. the man that got to step up. Josh, Jason Kidd got to step up now. And, um, um, you know, you know you're going to get something from Jason Terry. But one of the big men have to step up and do something. Did you like the J- Jason Kidd trade? I loved it. I think it was great for them. Um, um, they needed leadership. They needed somebody that could go out there and play defense against anybody. They needed somebody that, that they, they just not used to, you know, getting the ball you know, right where they need it and just catching the shoot. They used to getting the ball and faking and then dribbling two or three dribbles, getting their rhythm. See, Jason Kidd is, is a real point guard. He's going to, just like Steve Nash, he's going to give it to you on your numbers. And the only you got to do is catch and shoot, catch and make a layup. They just got to be ready to catch it. And um, they're not ready to catch it. They're just, just not prone to his, his type of basketball. They've been um, prone to Jason Terry that, you know, passed the ball late or passed it sometimes. You know, uh, um, the other guy that uh, went to New Jersey, uh, Devin, jo- uh, Devin Harris, Harris yeah. he, um, you know, he, 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 he's a point guard, but he, he really don't know when to get the ball to the right person at the right time. So he was still learning that. But, um, you know, they, they, um, they, they, they didn't mess up their chemistry, but, you know, Jason Kidd is a guy that they just need to just, just learn how to be ready to catch and shoot and make plays. More with Tim Hardaway as we continue live from the Three-Legged Monkey. It's the Don Haskins Show. We'll be back with more only on News Radio KROD. News Radio KROD. Forty-five now the time as uh, we continue with more of the Don Haskins show from the three-legged monkey 1550 Hawkins. I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. The crowd is absolutely uh, incredible. Yes, it is. They've been here uh, all day long to see you. I'm looking forward also. Uh, Greg Foster coming in. We we'll get the two of you together and uh, swap some more uh, some more stories about uh, UTEP and the NBA. We've had a lot of great questions so far. If you have questions for Tim Hardaway, you can. Uh, if you're here with us at the three-legged monkey. You can write them down, and uh, we'll be sure to uh, ask them uh, to uh, Tim. And, and here's an interesting one, Tim. And, and I know you've uh, talked about this. Uh, you, you, you've been candid, but you've mentioned it before. So if you don't mind, um, one uh, person asks you to talk about your sensitivity training that the NBA has put you through the past year. Well, they, they haven't put me in no, um, per se, put me in no sensitivity training. Um, I went out there to um, Miami and uh, found my own um, – it's called the Yes Institute um, to find um, out, you know, more ed- get more educated on um, um, gay gayness, you know. And um, I'm not scared to talk about it anymore. I'm not scared to bring it up anymore. And um, you know, I'm not homophobic anymore. And um, you know, it's 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 uh, a bad situation, but I'm just trying to correct it and trying to make it right for everybody and make everybody understand that you know I don't hate nobody. And, um, and that's the way I've always been brought up. And, you know, it was just a bad choice of words. And, you know, we just go on from there. But, you know, I've been, I've been doing this um, sensitivity classes for, you know, since, uh, what, uh, May of last year. Right. And I still go and I still learn more and more about it. And, um, you know, transgender kids and, 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 and you know, transgender um, um, grown-ups too. So it, sure. it's, 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 it's a lot 
more than I thought it would ever be. And, you know, I would encourage anybody that really don't know about it to read up on it and, and, and go talk to some, uh, you know, to uh, some gay activists um, um, places because, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing. It's truly amazing how, how many um, kids out there are, are getting put out their homes or, or uh, are getting beat up at school because of uh, um, who they are and what they are. It and sounds like almost like it was an eye-opener for you, that once you had a chance to really see it, uh, you, you, you probably didn't realize uh, just you know, how, how this, this, you know, this really was. Did not realize it, um, um, did not know. And, um, I, I, you know, as the weeks and months went past, you know, I'm, I'm still finding out I hurt a lot of people. And um, I'm not that type of way. Uh, you know, I'm a fun-loving person, and, and I'm not here to hurt nobody, and, I, and that's the way I am. You've always been um, a very popular one here in El Paso and really throughout the NBA, which is, I think, one of the reasons why some people, when, when they first found out about it, probably were in disbelief like yourself. But now that you've had a chance to start to educate yourself and, and learn more about it, I know that you've got a different understanding of it. And I'm sure also, more than anything else, you're there to help but preach that education for a lot of people that might not know a lot about it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if anybody, you know, if you you want to get more educated on it, please go to a sensitive, not sensitive, but a, a get activist um, place and, and get more educated about it because it, it's, a, it's a lot more out here than, than, than a lot of people would know. And, and that's a lot more going on out here than, uh, than people don't, you know, will yeah. know about. And, and, and it's, it's, you know, it, it's tough to talk about, but it, it's real. It's very real, and, and, and we should talk about it, and we should... Uh, understand that they are people too, and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't bash them. We should, we, right you know, we should treat them the same as we treat anybody else. I appreciate you being so open and candid with your discussion, and uh, again, I applaud you for uh, for making the effort and doing what you've been doing over the last year. That's excellent. It Thank really you. is. Thank you. Um, other questions for you right now? They just piling in, aren't they? Uh, they they <laughs> sure are. Um, okay, here's an interesting one. I like this. This is a good one. This is from Darren, and Darren writes. Tim, would you consider opening one of your wings businesses here in El Paso since you do have Hardaway's House of Wings in uh, Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got a lot of free time on my hands now. I'm looking at a lot of places, and uh, I was driving up and down Mesa over there by the school, and I was at the school today, and it's, um, uh, it, was, um, it was nice to see the school. There's a lot of great things going on at the school. You know, I, I drove up the mountain right there by um, going towards Sun Bowl, and I saw that they had um, – um, built some um, parking lots. And I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, look at the school. They're building parking lots now. And I see another dorm going up. I was like, you know, I'm just amazed about what's going on over here. You know, and, um, um, you know, I see they got uh, little screens up in the special, I mean, the Don Haskins Center. So I'm yeah. like, look, look at all this. Now I went by the training room, saw the training room. We got a nice training room now. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I want to come back and I want to put a uh, house of wings there. I mean, um, uh, my man here was talking to my left. We was talking, and um, uh, we was talk he's talking exactly about that. Beto is uh, somebody who I'm sure is, uh, well, you know, he's very close with, with the bear. And, right, and exactly. Now, um, I, I'm just curious, how many flavors are there at Hardaway's House of Wings? There's 40 flavors at Hardaway, Hardaway's House of Wings. We got 40 flavors. We got barbecue. We got uh, jerk. We have uh, cheese, chicken. We got all types of chicken. What's your favorite flavor? My favorite flavor is um, barbecue um, chicken. I just, love, I love, I just, just love simple as that, barbecue spicy, chicken wings. Or spi a spicy barbecue. Okay. Yeah. 40 some, flavors. 40 flavors. You know what I mean? They got, we got lemon, pepper. We got it all. Very nice. And, and the most popular one is lemon pepper. Lemon pepper. Lemon pepper, yes. You have garlic parmesan too? Yes, you? we do. I, I'm, I'm 
telling you. Yes, we got, got you know, but you know, I, I you know, I, I can't deal with garlic. <laughs> a little bit too much. <laughs> All right. Um, another interesting question. This is fun because you, when you were in your first couple of years with the Golden State Warriors, used to come back and you conducted basketball camps in those years. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a question. Are you coming back to El Paso anytime in the future to conduct any basketball camps uh, like you had done years ago? Well, you know, it, it, it's been a, since I, I stopped doing camps, it's been a lot of people wanting me to do camps back in Chicago and back here in El Paso. So, uh, we talking, but, you know, it, it has to be right. You know, I can't come down here and do nothing halfway. It has to be right. You know, we have to have – I have to have the right people in place to get it done. And um, that's what we're doing. I'm not going to say it's going to happen this summer. It might happen in the near future, but, um, you know, we should be working on it. Here's a question from Ruben Ramirez. Tim, who was your favorite photographer during your time when you were in El Paso? Ruben Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> that's a trick question. That is a trick question. Kind of like the uh, – Question about the favorite professor right. while you were right. here in you El Paso. Know, you know. Hey. Um, Pete also writes in, uh, what's next for you? What's, uh, what's next up uh, well, on Next for me, I, I want to do some coaching. I want to do some um, um, you know, coaching in an NBA or a college level, um, do some scouting on a um, college level or NBA level, and um, you know, do something to uh, put a team together, GM, something like that. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's my next thing I want to do. I, I, I want to be back in basketball. I think my uh, gift is in basketball and teaching the game of basketball. And, um, you know, it's got to be in basketball. Now, you've already done coaching before. Right. I know you worked you know, with, a, I, I, I think, a, a semi-pro team. In, uh, it was in Miami? Right, in Miami. Called Tell me about Miami Pitbulls. We had a team, uh, ABA team. It didn't work out uh, because of different reasons. But, um, um, you know, I was coach slash player. And uh, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot. My team was um, the first, you know, five games. It was tough for them. But, we, you know, as I talked to them and, and coached and made them understand, you know, we, we, it's us against the world because of me. And I put that pressure on them because, you know, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway's team got to be this, Tim Hardaway's team got to be that. And, and they lived up to it. You know, they finally lived up to it. They finally understood what it took to be a professional basketball player. And uh, right now we got a couple of guys overseas in Puerto Rico that's playing. It took them a while, but we got a couple of guys making some money for themselves, and I'm happy about it. But, you know, coaching is a – you know, if you enjoy giving back and, 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 and getting people to excel and getting people to buy into your, your beliefs about basketball and how you carry yourself on and off the court, yeah. you know, uh, it's great. And, and I had a great time coaching. Are you, uh, would you kind of call yourself a combination? Don Haskins meets Pat Riley meets Don Nelson. Would you kind of take a little bit from all three and put those into your coaching? Uh, I, you know what? Skills? I am that I am that way. I am all three. You know, Pat Riley, Don Haskins, Don Nelson, Pat Riley, and, uh, and one. You know, I, I, I'm yeah. from the old school. You know, I'm from the old school. Hard work, get, this, get, get it done. You know, you got, you got to go back to the root. You know, the, 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 the mic and drill. You know, making layups. You know, working hard on the offensive end and, you know, get your jump shot together. And all five men understanding where they are on the basketball court on defense. You know, it, it's hard work. And a lot of guys don't understand to get to where I got to and play. You know, it's hard work. It's day in and day out of putting in your time. And people don't think that. People just think I, once out of a week I come in and put in my time. No, you got to put in time every day, two and a half, two hours, four hours, six hours, whatever you're going to put in, put into it. And, that, and that's what makes a great ball player. We brought you in a few years ago for our Sports and Health Expo with the Moose, Daryl Johnson. <laughs> and I remember when you were talking to some people before we had the autograph signing then, you had mentioned that right now 
fundamentals is a lost art in basketball. They don't teach it like they used to. Everybody looks at the and one uh, games and they want to all be like that. And you mentioned that to you. That's what's uh, ruining the basketball today for the youngsters. Yeah, that's definitely ruining the game basketball for the youngsters. If you, if you could tell, I don't know if if you counted or you watched the uh, NCAA. Um, just if you just watch the games, watch how many carries they call. Yeah. You know, carrying the ball, uh, traveling with the ball because it's all that and one. They're trying to cross somebody over. They're trying to palm the ball. They're trying to go somewhere quickly instead of just dribbling and trying to beat the man to the spot with your skills. And um, they're trying to use other you know ways to get get past the man. So you know, and one has ruined the game of basketball with all this. You know, throwing it off the glass, people dunking. It's all for show, but if you miss it. Then you you know you in trouble with your coach and the coach gonna take you out and you know and you, you know you're not gonna stop hearing it from your coach your fans and your teammates if you lose so um you know it, it, the coach's job is cut out and um, they understand that but they 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 also got the um, guys attention that you know and one basketball is not gonna be played here if you play it here then you're gonna be on the bench watching it from with me on the bench so. You know, a lot of coaches have uh, instilled that and got that respect from the, the guys. Well, that's good because you have to bring discipline back. No, because yeah. if you don't do it, then you're right. The game is just going to get worse and worse, and uh, yes. soon it's uh, it's going to lose uh, all the appeal that it had for, for when yes. you were playing and, and for so long. You're right. Well, all I know is this. Um, we, we talk about Team USA. You played for the Olympic basketball team. 2000. Believe, won a gold medal. Yes. And unfortunately, since those days, look what we've, look what we've seen happen with the <laughs> Olympic team. And you know what? That's a great. I, I'm curious. I'd love to hear your experiences about what that was like playing. But I'm hearing the music. Yeah, I hear the music too. But we're, you know, we'll talk about it when we come back. We've got another hour to go yeah, with you. Let's do it. Greg Foster's here. Going to be here soon. And Tim Hardaway is in the house. Number 10 from UTEP. We're going to come back. More of the Don Haskins Show as we 20. are live here at the Three-Legged Monkey. 1550 Hawkins, the location here in East El Paso. We're here until 8 o'clock. So come on down and see us. $3 Miller Lite, 24-ounce cans right now, not to mention the best damn bar food here in El Paso. All right, plenty more as we continue. As promised, Greg Foster 20. will be here in just a little bit. Tim Hardaway is already here. Come on down, plenty of room as we continue with the Don Haskins Show and our special guest host tonight, Tim Hardaway, 10. only on News Radio. It's AM 600, KROD. All news, all morning, weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m., News Radio, K-R-O-D. May 1st, all... You know, so I, sometimes I can't watch games because some guys, you know, I say I could do better just by going out there right now and, and not being in shape better than they could do uh, playing and being in shape for all these many uh, games and all the way up to, you know, these many months. So, you know, sometimes I, you know, like the, like, uh, like, uh, the, Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks, or like the uh, uh, Seattle or Supersonics. I cannot yeah. watch bad basketball. Even the Miami Heat, I just can't watch bad basketball. You know, it's just, you know, guys really don't understand how to play the game of basketball. Well, they always say that the Eastern Conference, lower scoring, more defensive-oriented games. The Western Conference, high scoring, not as much of, a, of an emphasis on defense. You uh, you agree with that assessment uh, still today? Well, you know, the only team in the, in the, in the um, only two teams really, that's playing defense in the um, in the West is um, San Antonio Spurs, and um, uh, when they get their big fellas back, the uh, you, um, the, um, the L.A. Lakers, and even the Utah Jazz are playing defense. You know, I think I think, I think I, I'm I'm right with George Call. 
I think the best defensive team that can become a defensive team if they put their mind to it is the uh, uh, Denver Nuggets. Yeah. But they they just want. I mean, they got the, they, you got you got Kenyon Martin, you got Marcus Camby, you got Nate Nate that's coming back, you got Allen Iverson, you even got um, the guy played with Anthony Carter that plays good defense. You got people coming off the bench. Um, uh, uh, Nahara, you know, from Mexico, you know, he, you know, it's a lot of they got a lot of guys that could do a lot of things, but they don't they don't emphasize defense. You know, you got Carmelo Anthony, that's, I think, is playing good defense. You know, like 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 even the Cavaliers, if if they if if those guys buckle down and play defense, I'm talking about all five guys every night. They they will be winning. They they'd be right there with the uh, with the Detroit Pistons and the um, and the uh, Boston Celtics. But you know, they they let games just slip away from them. Meanwhile, you know, you just brought up a couple of Eastern Conference teams in the Pistons and the Celtics. They have had better seasons from a win-loss perspective than anybody in the West has, which is, which is pretty remarkable considering the East always gets ragged on. Now, granted, the eighth-seeded team in the East is awful compared to the eighth-seeded team record-wise in the West. Oh, yeah. But you have to put some of the best Eastern Conference teams like a Boston and Detroit up with anybody in the NBA. A lot of people think that those are the teams that are going to win the NBA championship this no, year. I, you know, I still think that San Antonio Spurs are the defending champions, and they are going to be uh i think they're going to win again if they stay healthy yeah. you know um ginobili is playing out of his mind um you know they got everybody healthy everybody knows what they're out there doing they you know everybody is, it, there's no nobody on that team that's selfish everybody want everybody to win and be winners and um you know i, I think it's the same way with the uh with the boston celtics but you know i think in a seven game series in a seven game series i think that Boston Celtics don't have enough to beat a San Antonio Spurs. In the seven-game series, the only team I think that has enough from 1 to 12 is the Detroit Pistons. And um, any, anybody on the Detroit Pistons team from 1 to 12, from 1 to 15, can start on any other team in the NBA. The Lakers made perhaps the biggest trade at the deadline, adding Paul Gasol. Now, assuming Bynum gets healthy, you look at those two, if they can coexist and play together with Kobe the way he is and, and Odom and, and the supporting cast, this is about as good of a Lakers team as we've seen since Shaq. Not even close. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's better than those, 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 um, those teams because um, with the Shaq team because, you know, they, they had different players uh, with Shaq, you know, but th this team, they got different players around everybody. You know, everybody understands what they need to do out there. Bynum understands what he needs to do. Casol understands what he needs to do. Um, not, know, not saying that the, the Lakers of old, you know, with Robert Horry and, and Brian Shaw and those guys yeah. didn't do. They knew what they needed to do. But I think since that time, this is uh, the next best team that the Lakers have had since that time that they won a championship. Tim Hardaway with us right now. We're talking NBA here as we begin our second hour of the Don Haskins Show. If you're just joining us, the Bear is home. He is uh, re relaxing and trying to recover. He's been under the weather the last few uh, few weeks. So Tim Hardaway, who is here as our uh, final show guest, has instead uh, been our pinch hitter and been hosting the show in the coach's absence. We uh, hope uh, to have Greg Foster here with us before we wrap things up at 8 o'clock as well. I'm curious, since we're on the subject of the Lakers, do you look at Kobe Bryant, and does Kobe get a bad rap, or do you think that a lot of what has happened to him has been because of his own doing? Um, it's been because of his own doing, uh, uh, and... Um, um, 
now I think, you know, since, you know, he should have won MVP at least one time out of the last three years. You know, when you put up 80-something points, you got your, and, and, and then put up 50, 50, 60, 60, whatever, 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 for like seven, eight straight games, you know, you MVP. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you are MVP, no question about it. You know, and this year he's MVP, like last year. I thought he was MVP last year. But, um, you know, I understand that they got to give it to the guys that are, are, are number one. Their team is number one in the NBA, which um, Dirk Nowinski was. Team was number one in the NBA. But, you know, um, if, if, if Kobe doesn't get it and, and, and if his team is it's, it's neck to neck right now between him and Chris Paul. But I still give the nod to uh, Kobe. You take Kobe Bryant away from the Los Angeles Lakers. They're nothing. Yeah. It's true. And you know what? We'll find out. We'll find out right now what happens if you take Dirk Nowitzki away from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they, they, they're going to be nothing. I'm just, I mean, you, you, that's 20 points, 11 rebounds a game. Yeah. You cannot substitute that. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 I mean, Jason Terry, uh, 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 what's, it, the, the, what's the other guy's name uh, from Wake Forest? Uh, Josh no, Howard. Josh Howard. Uh, uh, and and Jason Kidd and um, you know they they got to get their whole team Jerry Stackhouse everybody got to step up them three them three especially yeah, but Jerry Stackhouse is a thousand years old but he can still play he can still only thing you got to do is put that ball in the basket it don't matter if you the three hundred thousand years old the only thing you got to do is put that ball in the basket and if it goes in the basket you're doing a hell of a job and he plays good defense too so I, I like Jerry Stackhouse now you you still follow the NBA pretty tight I yes. can tell just by yes. listening to you right now yes. a couple of years ago you worked for ESPN you had the opportunity to serve as an analyst yeah. in the studio. Studio. How was that experience That's for great. You? That's great. That, that, that got me to do, you know, not being scared of radio. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was a great opportunity. I learned a lot. Um, um, you know, and it, was, it was just great. It's just something that, that, that um, needed to be done for me, you know, just to understand where I wanted to go, you know, if I wanted yeah. to go that route. Um, do you enjoy now, from a studio analyst, have you had a chance to do any uh, analyst work on the basketball telecasts or radio broadcasts? No, no. I was going to do something, um, what, uh, this year with the uh, UTEP Miners um, and, um, at SMU, but yeah. I, I, I don't think that happened. It didn't, it didn't fall through. So, um, no, I have not. All right. But something you might be interested in down oh, the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in that, you know, being uh, an analyst down down the road. I know what I'm talking about. I know basketball, and I know how to, you know, talk about basketball. I talk about it day in and day out anyway. So, you know, why not just do it for fun if, or, or for some money? Now do you add, Yeah, that's, that's always good, too. If you could, right. Hey, if you're going to talk about it, why not make, uh, make a couple of extra bucks? Exactly. Do you follow college troops as much as you oh, do the yeah. pro game? Oh, yeah. You know, we, while we talking, you know, Syracuse lost to UMass in the NIT at home. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I keep up with it. You know, I, I, you know, I think um, um, University of Florida got a raw deal just like Virginia Tech got a raw deal because even though they had a lot of young players on their team, if you're defending champions, if you win at least 20 games, 21 ball games, mm -hmm. I still think you deserve to be in the NCAA. Um, and it shows every time that the, um, that the committee comes out and puts some people out there. I think they, they would have done better than a lot of teams that's lost by 30. Did Arizona State get a raw deal? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Arizona State did get a raw deal. 
You beat Arizona twice. Arizona gets in. Arizona State doesn't. And Arizona, of course, bows out in the first round of the right, tournament. Right, um, A lot of people are surprised that Duke uh, lost. Uh, they should have lost in the first round to Belmont. Then they lose in the uh, second round. You, uh, you surprised at all by that? I'm not surprised. You know, I, 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 I tell everybody this. Duke, if you look at Duke during the whole season, it's only two games. Well, really, it's only uh, um, they let them play very, very hard, very, very physical in those games leading up to the ACC uh, 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 regular season. Yeah. And then uh, they let them beat up their, their, their opponents, and then opponents can't beat them up back and nothing like that. But when they get to to um, ACC basketball play, when they start getting beat up, you see them, they start crying. They start saying, you know, that we're getting pushed, we're getting shoved and all this and all that. And, you know, with that, you know, I, I, I don't have no really remorse, you know, with them because they yeah. they just beat people up they just beat and the referees let them beat people up until the um until the ACC uh, um 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 play and then they, they get then they get they they get beat up themselves and they they then they cry. Well, I go to the phones right now as we continue here uh, on the Don Haskins show with Tim Hardaway. With us on the phone lines is a man who is a former player. For the UTEP Miners. Back then it was for Texas Western. He is also somebody who was responsible for Glory Road in terms of not only helping with the movie, but helping to get the team enshrined into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Very happy to have Steve Tredenick on the phone lines with us right now from Austin. Steve, you're up with Tim Hardaway on the Don Haskins Show. Hi, Steve. Uh, hi, Tim. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I wonder if Tim... Tim even remembers the first time I saw him is when I was working uh, doing some color broadcast with uh, one of the TV stations there in El Paso, and we were doing a game in uh, in in Indiana. And uh, if I remember this right, and Tim and his father came down there. Uh, David Robinson was a center. Does that ring right. a bell? Right. It, it, it wasn't uh, in Indiana. It was um, in Illinois. It was outside. It was like uh, University, uh, 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 not Northern. Uh, was it Northern Southern Illinois? Illinois? Southern Illinois. The Salukis. That's okay. where it was at. Yeah. Southern Illinois. It was. It was. Yeah. A, it was a Christmas tournament out there, and David Robinson was the. Uh, their team was playing. Yes. There you go. And I think Tim, you were probably a senior in high school yep. that time. Yes. And you came down with your dad and then came on, fortunately, for Texas Western and, and uh, gave them four tremendous years and and uh, have been a credit to the college ever since. So well, thank good you. to have you back in El Paso. Well, I'm happy to be back. I was there to see you. Yeah, me too. And I'm sorry the old man isn't there. I hope he's listening. Yeah, uh, he, is. he is. He is. And I'm sorry he's not here either, but, you know, I'll be back. <laughs> I'd definitely be well, back and he'll be on I I'll be to, with him then yeah I hope to see you then I, I'm going to be down there April 19th and of course I'll go by and see Coach and Mary and, right. and visit with them some I, I try to do that whenever I'm in town and uh, I just don't get back there as much as I'd like to right. miss that Mexican food among other things <laughs> you, you managed to get some of that Tim? oh yeah oh yeah most definitely <laughs> Most you got to have some of that, most definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you got back to to visit there, and I hope Greg gets in and I wish him Me well. Too. But Steve, uh, you've had a great run with your show, and it's going to keep going. Uh, but it's been a great run with Coach Haskins, and definitely. And I just wanted to call up and thank you for 
having him and all, all these years to, to do the show and, and of course, getting old miners like me and, and, and now Tim and Greg Foster and the others back from time to time. I hope some of my colleagues have called in uh, tonight. I, I tried to encourage them to do that. Uh, and if they haven't already, maybe they will shortly. Let's hope uh, so. I I hope so, too, Steve. And I I really want to thank you for the kind words. You've been great with me as well. We've worked together uh, through the last uh, couple years, and I appreciate all your help as well. You bet. Best wishes to everybody, and and, uh, uh, Tim, take care of yourself. All right, you too. Take care. Steve Trudanek joining us on the phone lines as we continue. 726, now the time. Before we go to break, you've got – uh, one of your uh, mentor families here. They were your host family from when uh, you were at UTEP. And that's got to be fun. And, and I'm, you know what? What's that like, getting a chance to uh, see some old friends as well that, uh, that you uh, back up? Uh, not that long ago. You, had a you chance just, to you just letting all the secrets out, huh? Just yeah, letting right. it all out. <laughs> it's like this is your life, Tim Hardaway. No, you <laughs> – never mind. But anyway, you know, it's always like, – like I said before, it's always nice to see, you know, the people that um, – that uh, influenced you the most when you was down here and kept you out of trouble, talked to me, made me understand how coach was, and, you know, uh, you know, just took me in and, you know, and everything else. You know, it's a lot of things that can't mention, and I don't, you know, we're not going to even go there, but, you know, it's just just nice to see them and to talk to them and talk to their kids and, and um, you know, just play around with them and, you know, they tell you, yeah, I remember when I, you know, when I was holding you like this, or we did this, we did that. So it was nice, and and um, you know, a lot of them um, people that's here now that I that bring my kids over to their house, yeah. you know, they 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 my kids still remember them, and, and you know, they always say, can we go over to to the people house? They had a swimming pool and and swim and all this and all that, eat steak and blah blah this and all this and all that. So it's it, it, you know, it's fun. It's it's fun to see them again. Sounds like it. All right, let's take our first break of the hour. When we come back, more with Tim Hardaway on the Don Haskins Show. We'll continue from the Three Legged Monkey, only on News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Don Haskins Show as we continue from the three-legged monkey here at uh, 1550 Hawkins, corner of Hawkins and Montana. If you're just tuning in, uh, the Bear, unable to make it to the show tonight. He is a little under the weather. He did join us for the first uh, 10 minutes from his home. However, we are very happy to have Tim Hardaway, who's been with us for the entire show. You sure it was 10 minutes? I did sound like it was about 20. You think it was about 20? Well, yeah. he gets his money's worth when he yeah, talks, Yes, he? he does. He always did. I know. <laughs> and, and nothing's changed. He, he always made his point. i got to tell you, you know, he's had so much fun. He's had so much fun with this show because even when he was coaching, he never had an opportunity to spend two hours to just talk sports no. and talk UTEP hoops. No, 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 and he did And now didn't. he's getting a chance to do that. He's done it for almost the last two years. We've had all sorts of guests. And when he said earlier in the show that he was really uh, upset that he couldn't make it, he meant it because this is the first show he's missed since we've been here at the Three-Legged Monkey. So it kind of gives you an idea of what, it, what, what this really right. means like to yeah. him. But He enjoys speaking and talking about basketball and, and his experiences. And, yep. um, you know, he, he, he loves to talk about that because he, he had a lot of experience in um, – in the coaching ranks, you know, and, and he, he learned from a lot of people. How have you been able to try to keep up and follow UTEP basketball over, uh, let's say, the last five, ten years? Oh, uh, you know, I, I, ESPNU, 
um, you know, whenever I could find a feed to, you know, or they find a feed to the <laughs> to the UTEP uh, 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 broadcasting, and I watch them play. And, um, you know, of course, when they're on ESPN, if it's 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm watching it. You know, I might be sleepy, but I'm just right there watching it and, 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 and cheering them on. So I keep up with it a lot. It's, is it tough to try to compare the teams now to the teams when you were playing? Has basketball from a college ranks changed that much over the years, or do you think that it, it really hasn't? Well, you know, um, in, in, in the college ranks, you know, it, it, right now, it's a lot of people going to different colleges. You know, it's just not one college's college getting, you know, ball players now like the way it used to be, like Georgetown or, or Syracuse or, you know, uh, uh, and even in ACC with uh, North Carolina and Duke and those type of guys' uh, teams. But, you know, it's, it's now it's, 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 it's comparison all over the place. You know, look at the University of Florida, the last two years of what they did. You know, it's amazing. You know, nobody never thought that they would win the first one. And then the second one, they was like, oh, no, no they will never win the second one. And yeah. look what they did. And, you know, it just it just escalated basketball in the state of Florida. So, uh, you know, you know, it, basketball is is, uh, is is everybody's game now. It's all around and everybody watching it and everybody going to different schools. That's what makes it very competitive. And if you see the uh, NCAA, you know, look at Davidson. Yeah. You know, Davidson wasn't supposed to beat um, um, Georgetown. But if you give – anybody any confidence out there that they go out there and play basketball and they know and they hard and they body and they soul that they go out there and play basketball they could play against anybody and that's what davidson has done even western kentucky so you know um now you know i i still don't think that the, the utep team now could uh beat the utep teams then but uh you know but they they have more talent you know of course they have more talent and more athleticism what is it about the UTEP teams from your playing days that you believe if you match them up with, with any team, let's say in the last 20, 25 years, your UTEP teams would win those games? Um, my team, you know, I, 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 think, I think we had some of the most talented people on my teams with Jeep Jackson, uh, Quentin Gates, Wayne Campbell, June Smith, uh, Mike Richmond, uh, Chris Sandal, Chris Blocker. Uh, you know, uh, myself, uh, Antonio Davis, Greg Foster. It's been a lot of people out there. Dave Fidel. You know, it's been a lot of people out there that, that, um, um, that you know, you got Fred Reynolds. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of guys out there that came. That's the good one. I go on and on. You know, it's been just a lot of guys out there that played uh, basketball the right way for the University of Texas El Paso. Prince Stewart. You know, uh, who else? Johnny Melvin. Yep. You know, it's just, that's right. It just go Marlon Max. You just keep going on and on and on. And, and um, David that, Van Dyke. David one. Van Dyke. You know, it, it, you know what can I say? I mean, it's, it's just been a lot of guys that came through here that um, that cared enough and, and and played and worked on their game all the time to make UTEP what UTEP is. That's one of the reasons why you know this year with UTEP basketball, a lot of people called this recruiting class one of the best recruiting classes that UTEP's ever had. And I said to myself, no disrespect to the kids now. But don't insult the teams from the 80s because you just reeled off a dozen <laughs> names that most, uh, UTEP, dozen. Yeah, most UTEP fans will say are as talented as anybody we've ever seen come here to El Paso. And that's why you were a part of some of the most glorious decade of basketball that UTEP fans have ever experienced. Those, that 1982 or 83 
to about 1992 run where it seemed like they went to the tournament every year. They were winning WAC championships every year. Yep. And they were also doing something we don't see much anymore, and that's packing the Don Haskins Center with 12,000 screaming minor fans for every big game. Yeah, you're right. You, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, people got to adhere to that and, and understand, you know, all the great work that um, Haskins and, and his, um, his coaches and his um, recruiting staff have done. And, you know, in the past, you know, since 1966, you know, if he, if, he, if he didn't have that recruiting class in 1966, guess what? They wouldn't have won a national championship. They had some great ball players back then, Big Daddy Latin. You know, uh, uh, it was, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of them. But, you know, the, back then they just played together and they, they knew they had something. They knew they had chemistry. And Bobby Joe Hill got them together and brought it all together. And with Don Haskins, Tulich, you know, and they, they listening to him, it made it happen. And it started from there. When he won a championship, the recruiting just kept going with Nate Archibald, with some more ball players, And he just kept going. Lester Goodwin, Juden Smith, Jeep Jackson, myself. It just kept going on, kept going on. And that's just a tribute to the, um, to the, um, um, to the basketball staff. When you came to the NBA, how many times, especially in your first couple of years with Golden State, would you travel from city to city and you'd find UTEP basketball <laughs> fans going all around just to watch you play in the league? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. You know, it, it was just a blessing in disguise that I had fans from El Paso um, in different cities on the West Coast. You know, I even had some in, in, in New York, you know, and, and they used to come to the game all the time. And uh, I used to sit after the game, sit down, and just talk to them, you know, and, and, and make sure they understood. I, you know, I thank them. You know, I just want to make, I appreciate them being there and supporting me. And uh, you know, that that means a lot to ball players coming, you know, looking at their fans and and, and, and people that they grew up with, and and and, and 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 just talking to them and interacting with them. It, it, it just feels good. Tim Hardaway is uh, joining us here tonight on the Don Haskins Show. All right, let me throw uh, some ex-UTEP players at you and uh, just tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you think about some of these players' names. Uh, start with Antonio Davis. Hard worker. You know, um, um, he's a hard worker. He came in raw, and he worked on his game day in and day out to, uh, uh, to um, be the um, basketball player that he had become. And um, um, just a hard worker. Marlon Maxey. Marlon Maxey didn't live up to all his potential. Um, great, great guy. Had a lot of potential, but um, never lived up to it. But it was great. He was a great guy. All right. Um, we talked about him earlier. Jeep Jackson. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> no words can explain Jeep Jackson. You know, he's, uh, uh, you know, it's like that commercial. When you get to Priceless, that's Jeep Jackson. All right. Greg Foster. Greg Foster. Hard worker. You know, uh, um, you know, he had a, a, a lot of things going on in his life, you know, when he first came down here with his mom and everything. But, uh, um, you know, he, he, he fought through it and, 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 and made himself into a hell of a basketball player that you couldn't leave open. And uh, he played well. And, and, and you know, he, just, he was just a hard worker. Had a great NBA career, really. Oh, had Somebody. a great NBA career. No doubt about it. Went to the finals two years in a row. That's right. He was, he was one of the guys that helped Utah uh, make it to the NBA finals. Yep. Do you realize, and this is a story that uh, Don Haskins loves to tell, and he's told it to you, I'm sure, many times, but you came this close to sharing the backcourt with Gary Payton yeah. as a Utah minor. Yeah. Gary was scared. He didn't want to come down. You know, he had a great career at uh, Oregon State, but, um, uh, you know, I didn't care who you brought down. I was going, uh, 
you know, comp- compete with anybody. You know, and that's the way I was brought up to compete with anybody and not back down. I got confidence in myself. And actually, when he came on a visit, uh, after everybody left, me and him played about seven to eight one-on-ones on his recruiting visit. He yeah. said, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to play against you. And we played about seven to eight one-on-one games. And, um, you know, he beat me some. I beat him some. And we, we have mutual respect for each other. I'm surprised he was able to take you in some of those games on his recruiting trip. Yeah, I mean, you know. If you could play basketball, you could play, play basketball. basketball. And yeah. it, no, it is, 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 you know, I tell it like it is. He was yep. a he's damn good basketball player. All right. Um, Prince Stewart. Oh, man. You know, one of my guys, friends, best friends, you know, he, he kept the team together. You know, everybody thought I kept the team together. He was right there, and he, kept, he really kept the team together. He, he really ran the offense. He really got, um, you know, he – I can't take credit for, you know, uh, Chris Jackson going 8 for 30, you know, or 9 for 30 in the, in the, um, in the NCAA tournament. I, I, I got to credit G, I mean, um, Prince Stewart for that because Prince dogged him, I mean, picked him up full court and just wore him out. And he wasn't ready for that type of pressure. How about uh, Quentin Gates? Quentin Gates, man, had a bunch of talent, a bunch of talent. But, you know, uh, I think after uh, what happened to Jeep, that really hurt him. You know, that was his that was his main man. That was his, you know, his brother. And um, um, I think that that really hurt him. But, you know, he's still a great guy and he was a hell of a basketball player. A couple more minors for you to throw down. Um, uh, Let's talk about uh, Mike Richmond. Mike Richmond. I mean, every type of basketball player you ever want a person to be. Guy, he, had, he had a lot of skills. He could shoot the ball. He could dunk on you. He could make layups, block your shot. Um, just never got the right break. Soup Campbell? Soup Campbell. Hard worker. Hard and soul of the team. Hard and soul of the school. Hard and soul of the El, El Paso. You know, if, if, if anybody knows about, you know, basketball and, and UTEP, uh, Wayne Campbell, Wayne Sue Campbell will always stick out in everybody's mind. He he was a great. He is a great person. I talked to him today, but he yeah. he was out there. He was a heart and soul of every team. Pair of Chris's first, uh, Chris Blocker. Chris Blocker, crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> crazy as hell. And I know, I know, I know, Haskins, coach. I know you laugh. <laughs> I don't mean to make you laugh, but uh, crazy as hell. But uh, great teammate. Yeah. Great teammate, and you. And if you wanted somebody to shoot the last shot besides me, give it to him because he will make it. Now you say crazy, crazy. I mean, off the court, you just uh, <laughs> one of those guys. You just never know what's going to happen. On the court, off the court, around the corner, up the block, yeah. in here. <laughs> crazy. Who got kicked out of practice the most while you were Chris there? Blocker? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ran right up. Get, get, get. Up out of here. <laughs> how about uh, how about Chris Sandal? Wow, crazy, crazier. Uh, a lot of talent. I just don't know what happened. I mean, you know, some people, uh, you know, just have the brains and you know, just can yeah. just go out there and just take anything. Um, Chris always, you know, wanted to show he was the biggest, the best, the baddest, and everything like that. And it wasn't about that. It was about just being a family. And we knew you could play basketball. We knew you was probably the strongest one on the team. We knew that, um, you know, you could, you, you, you know, whatever you wanted to do, you could do it. But you know, he just wanted to prove it all the time. And he just, you know, he just head case, just head case. You mentioned him earlier, Mark McCall. Mark McCall. You know, if Mark McCall ever could dribble the basketball he would be dangerous dangerous 
because he could jump out the gym. He could yeah. shoot his little jump shot. He was strong. Um, but, you know, it, 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 he was just, you know, he, he just didn't know how to dribble the basketball. But he was a perfect jumper for the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, of course. He jump up there and just dunk the ball. <laughs> that's all you got to do. I mean, that's what he could do. And, you know, and um, 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 if we – if he would have ever worked on his ball handling skills just to, you know, how to get to the basket. Oh, if once he got around the perimeter of the basket, like when we say when we in the gym, I'm, I'm on. I could shoot from anywhere in the gym up in the stands. Yeah. When Mark McCall was in the gym, he could dunk from any place. Okay. We'll throw a couple more at you. Henry Hall. Henry Hall. You know, he was a tough-minded person. Very tough-minded. Went out there and played like you're supposed to play, like uh, Haskins wanted you to play. But tough-minded. Johnny Smooth Melvin. Johnny Smooth Melvin. Good friend of mine. You know, he, 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 he was a wiry type of person that was strong. And, and he, he, he had energy that a lot of people think that he didn't have. He always, he always came up with the basketball, always rebounded and stole the ball. Uh, he, was, he was a great ball player. How's he doing these days? He's doing well out in Chicago now. He's doing well. You know, he was a little bit in trouble a little bit here and there, but he's, yeah. he has done well. He's got out of it, and he's doing well. You still get a chance to keep in touch with a lot of your former players? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I talked to them. You know, if I was in the same city, I invited them to the game. Uh, you know, I'm still the same old Tim Hardaway. You know, I, I I love my teammates. That's great. Uh, before we uh, finish this off, Russ Bradbird, the man that recruited you. Got a raw deal here. Raw deal. Uh, but, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, uh, always was for the community. Always was for the school. Uh, whatever he could do, whatever he could do for uh, Haskins and UTEP, uh, he did, and for the community. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's a great, great, great person. All right, let's go ahead. We'll take our final break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with former UTEP minor, NBA great, and I hope future Hall of Famer, Tim Hardaway, right. as the Don Haskins Show continues right after this on News Radio KROD. All right, let's do it. Here we go. 7.51 now the time as we near the end of the Don Haskins show here tonight. Uh, Tim Hardaway has been here all evening, all night long. The response has been uh, off the charts. want to thank everybody, first off, that's been uh, down here to the Three-Legged Monkey. We appreciate you being here. Yes, we do. On the phones is a man that, uh, let's just say, he's been trying to get here but has been unable to do so. But we're happy still to have Greg Foster, former minor and uh, El Pasoan NBA veteran, on the lines with us right now. Greg, we're missing you here tonight. Yes, we are. Fellas, fellas, better late than never, man. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah, I know you had previous engagements and everything, so no problem. I held <laughs> I it down. I, to get there. I held it down for you. <laughs> yeah, you did a good job, man, like always. Thanks. <laughs> Greg, uh, we've uh, spent a lot of time, almost two hours, talking with, uh, with Tim about his UTEP days and his, telling us about his memories of everybody. How about your memories of Tim as a minor? Oh, man, all-time greats, man, that killer crossover. It was, a, it was something else, I'm trying to tell you. He was right about what he said about Gary Payton. It would have been hard. It would have been hard for Gary, I'm telling you. <laughs> Gary, Gary didn't have that real crisp, that, that game. Gary's game was more confidence and intimidation. Tim had skill, which would go along with the confidence. You know, Gary Gary prided himself on defense, and uh, but Tim had a complete package, that's for sure, and he proved that throughout his career. Well, thank you, thank you. 
And oh, you got it. The two of you guys were teammates together through some great years at UTEP. And I'm curious, you know, it's funny, the two of you also were able to play and last in the NBA for many years. And Greg, you guys get a chance uh, over the, during those years to keep in touch as uh, you were playing and, and uh, Tim was uh, with Golden State in Miami? Well, every blue moon, I mean, we obviously crossed paths, but I, I can tell you about when, once you hit the league, I mean, your, your, your schedule is so hectic and you got so many people pulling you in so many different directions. It's really, have, it's really have to, hard to have time for each other. Uh, but, you know, there's always that, that mutual respect when we saw one another. And, uh, man, I, I mean, I followed Tim's career with a whole lot of interest. It was exciting. Yep, same here. When I, I was watching you play, May should and when you was missing those jump shots, I was like, well, why? why <laughs> you made him guess us. How come he missing them now? <laughs> hey, hey, I tell you what, though. I mean, you guys were talking earlier. I was listening to on, on the way back, but, you know, there's no comparison. We would have tore them up. Our teams back then would have tore today's teams all the way up. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, and, why, and Greg, why would that be? Why would you guys now, uh, the teams of today, just not compete? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know pride factor, but, you know, like Tim mentioned, there's a, a tremendous amount of talent here. Coach, Coach Barbie is bringing in the talent. They're real young. Uh, ultimately, if you didn't bring a game when we were playing basketball here, you wouldn't see the floor. Um, and that's how it was because there was so much talent out there. You know, Tim, obviously, he got to shoot all the balls. Me and Antonio had to go rebound, you know. Hey. That hasn't changed. Since so, uh, but we had some good, some great memories. Uh, I would have traded in for the world. Me neither. Greg, since I've got you on the phones and Tim right next to me, i got to ask you about a current UTEP minor, Stephon Jackson. A lot of people believe that he's uh, ready for uh, the NBA maybe a year from now, although the big question is, will he try to test the waters or come back? In your opinion, is Stephon Jackson, I'll get first Greg and then Tim, ready for the NBA? And uh, if not, uh, what does he need to do to try to become ready for the NBA? He, he will be ready. Is he ready now? Yeah, he could probably crack a team as a second rounder, but that's not good enough for him. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. He needs to come back. Uh, we are at UTEP, which is considered a mid-major, so unfortunately he's got to get more exposure. And that exposure is going to come with the team winning. Uh, with him coming back and the team and the big kid Kareem Cooper joining the team next year, yeah. uh, they're going to win a lot of ball games. So I think it would help him. He came back, refined his game over the summer because a lot of his game is raw ability. Uh, if you look at his game, I mean, he needs to improve on his ball handling. He needs to improve on his uh, his three-point shot. Uh, but ultimately, as the NBA player, there's no doubt in my mind. He Tim, just needs a little bit more seasoning. Your yeah. thoughts? I haven't, you know, I haven't uh, seen him, but, you know, um, Greg um, seems to touch it up, you know, uh, if I would have been looking at it, I would have probably said the same thing, you know, stay in another year, um, get more exposure, uh, um, win some more games. That's how you get exposure. Um, they, they had a subpar year. They didn't make it to the NCAA uh, championship, I mean, NCAA um, um, tournament. tournament. But, you know, uh, I think that um, you, you got you got to go and, and, and understand what you need to do to make yourself better. And if you go in second round, that's not good enough. You need to go mid-first yeah. round. And that that that, that 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 will get you over the top and get your confidence yeah. up and make sure that you're going to make it. But at second round, you do you do not want to be second round. That's too much hard work for you. You yeah. want to go in there and make it as easy as possible on yourself. Greg, we're running, out of, we're running out of time. I want to thank you for ducking in the call before we ended it. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back here soon enough. Okay, my apologies. No problem. Hey, take care, man. I'll see you when I come back down. Okay, take care. All right, take care. Tim, 
It's been a great, a very right. fast two hours. We've had a lot of people here. And, I had uh, a lot of fun. I, I thank you, man. This it's is been nice. a great time. This is nice. So this is it for you, too? That's it. I mean, no more next year, nothing like that? Well, let's hope we, there's always next year. Right, right. There is exactly. always next all right, year. All right, all right. That's and, what I want to hear. And let's hope there's a sequel, because if there is, we'll definitely have you oh, back. Oh, yeah. Have me back about three, four, five times. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There you go. Ten. It's Tim Hardaway, folks. My thanks to the Bear and everybody here at the Three-Legged Monkey yes, for thank hosting you. us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. You've been listening to The Don Haskins Show. Join us tonight, Louise, for more of The Don Haskins Show, live from the Three-Legged Monkey on News Radio AM 600 KROD. El Paso's AM 600. <laughs> That's